What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you once again for tuning in to The Drop-In. This show, I'll tell you what, it has been a, a dream for me. A, a dream for me. I'm so thankful to be here in the NRM studios here in Farmington Hills, Michigan. You know, people keep contacting me and they're like, dude, who's going to be the next guest? Who's going to be the next guest? They have no clue because our first three guests were all over the map. You know, if you watch the first three episodes, Kurt A. David, a sports psychologist. Like, why is punk rock skateboard dude having a sports psychologist in here? But you know what? People got inspired and fired up to get off the couch by Kurt A. David. Awesome, awesome, awesome show. And then we went into Trevor Staples from the Tony Hawk Foundation. Like, how cool is that? And that's personal to me because I'm working on a skate park project in Wyandotte, Michigan. It's about 20 minutes south of Detroit, and we just secured a quarter-million-dollar matching grant from the Ralph C. Wilson Foundation along with the Tony Hawk Foundation. So to have Trevor Staples on the show, no-brainer. No-brainer. And that was an awesome show with some punk rock skating, some music. We hit everything. We hit everything. And then we go into the Mike Leslie show. And Mike Leslie blew it out of the water. He blew it out of the water. If you did not see that show yet, make sure when you are done watching this, when this hour is up, go back and watch the Mike Leslie show. He played two originals live here in the NRM studios. You can't get them anywhere else. You cannot. He blew it out. Like, I didn't even know how to come back to the show from that. I really didn't because it was so emotional. Like, I have goosebumps now talking about it. That's how emotional Mike Leslie was. And the interview is top notch. And our show today, our show today could not be timed any better. It could not be timed any better. You know, a lot of my friends are out there watching the Avengers and posting stuff up about this, that. I have a real-life superhero in the studio today. He will blow your doors off. And so stay tuned for J.R. Adams because it is, it, we go from, we're going to go from wrestling to stunts to some crazy Conan O'Brien stuff and everything in between. You know, with the drop-in, we talk about how our guests got there. How, how, how does somebody decide they want to be in the wrestling game? And then to go to, to be stunts on on. Crazy movies, Batman versus Superman. I mean, how, how does that transition take place? And that's what we're going to cover here today. Because the goal of the drop-in is for you to get off your damn couch. And the people that come on with me are to inspire you to get off your couch. That's the whole premise of the whole show. And I don't care who the guest is, where they come from. What they're doing, as long as they have an inspirational story, and J.R. Adams is exactly that. If you don't know who he is, look him up, Google him right now, check it out, because he's coming, and it's going to be amazing. So with that, you know, I mean, again, I'm excited. You guys, have, if, if you watch the show, you see I get all excited. I'm like a little kid. I really am. I'm like 14 years old, and I'm stuck in this body. But I get excited, almost like Chris Farley. You ever see that Chris Farley thing on Saturday Night Live where he's got Paul McCartney on, on the show? Like, sometimes I feel like that. And I don't want to get too weird about it, but I do because I get fired up. 
I get fired up. I'm getting inspired, and I got to stay in this chair in front of this mic, and I want to jump around. Like I already, I already mentioned to the folks here at NRM, I may need the Janet Jackson microphone because I want to get anim- animated. I want to jump around. In the the first show, I'm banging the table, and they're like, "Dude, you got to keep it down." So maybe one day we'll have somewhere I have a trampoline and the Janet Jackson microphone or whatever. But until then, I got to stay sort of put right here and uh, keep uh, the enthusiasm a little bit at bay. But let's move in to who I have in studio with me today. Let's move into that. You know, uh, he is he is truly like a real life superhero. Wrestling as Eddie Venom, WrestleMania, doing stuff with The Undertaker. The Undertaker. Like, that's that's insane to me. That's totally crazy. Like, crazy. My dad was a big wrestling guy, and so I paid attention to it. I was at WrestleMania 3. I really was. And I, I liked Jimmy Superfly Snuka. I thought he was cool. Um, who else did I like at that time? I, I don't even know. Just, it was it was different for me. It was something I did with my dad. So I'm, I know some of the older wrestlers, and it, 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 it's just crazy how it became such a spectacle. Vince McMahon made it like in crazy, crazy big. And to be at WrestleMania three, the Silver Dome, it was, it was larger than life. So when we, when we got Jay to come in today, he, he really is larger than life. It, it's amazing to me. You know, he walked in, and I feel like the Danny DeVito twins thing. Like, we took a picture, and I'm like, hey, I'll jump up and bite you on the ankle. That's my secret move, to jump up and bite him on the ankle. But, um, you know, it, it, it's awesome. It's awesome to have him in studio today. You know, he went from wrestling to, to being a stuntman. Like, again, uh, wrestling, stuntman, and then all over the community doing some amazing charity work. So without too much more, let's bring Jay onto the show. Jay, what's happening, man? Good, man. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I, I, I kind of feel like I got a lot of pressure, though. I, all those other guests, man, they were so good. I, I, I got a little pressure on, so I'll, I'll try to bring it. I'll try to bring it. <laughs> all you got to do is be yourself, man. That's it. I appreciate it. it. That's it. You know, and uh, I'm just glad you could make it out tonight. You know, downriver, we got pounded with rain. Oh, downriver, we're, again, like 20 minutes south of Detroit and last night I mean there's there's 14 17 foot of water over some road so thank you yeah I saw Southfield at 94 <laughs> I could not believe it that that happened a few years ago back where I live in the Hazel Park area and uh, right at 75 and 696 a few years ago we had a bad flood and 75 flooded all the way up to the bridge of 696 and that's exactly what Southfield looks like right now I could not believe it man it's like I usually drive there. How is this underwater? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it is. It, it it's really crazy. And we have more more rain coming tonight. So I hope folks uh, can can salvage what they can because water is no joke. It, yeah. it finds its level and it will get places you didn't even know existed. So I hope everybody everybody is taking care of themselves right now because it's pretty bad in the downriver area. Definitely yeah. pretty bad. That's where I grew up. So I don't want it to. I don't want it to be. Uh, you know, I don't want anything bad to happen there. So uh, <laughs> downriver is my home. So uh, uh, yeah, everybody take care for sure. Right on, right on. So let's get right to the subject of of uh, of. Uh, the show because I really want to know, and I'm sure my guests want to know. You know, you said you grew up downriver. Uh, where'd you grow up? How'd you come up? How 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 was life? Uh, I grew up in Southgate, um, uh, right right by Wyandotte. I uh, lived there 
Uh, I went to Southgate Anderson High School. I grew up there. Um, was an old skater back in the day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was, that's why I love being on a skateboarder show because I, I, it reminds me of the old days. Uh, I still have a few boards. Actually, actually nowadays uh, I get boards, I get decks, and I hang them on my wall. My my, my favorite decks from back in the day. I have a Nottis, uh spilled milk. That was my favorite board growing up. I got that on the on the wall. I got a Mike McGill on the wall. The old. The, I love how they're reissuing these old uh, the old style decks. Uh, I have a Caballero, uh, yeah. I, I, so I, yeah, I grew up uh, a little skateboarder, and that kind of started my whole uh, kind of daredevil uh, kind of life, I guess you would say. <laughs> yep, yep. And those guys you mentioned, Nottis, Cab, McGill, they're all still doing it. Yeah, they're all still yeah. doing it. Uh, Cab will be here the end of August. Really? Uh, he'll be at uh, Modern Skate and Surf oh, and putting nice. on a demo with the de- uh, Vans guys. And I'm right so, by there, I'm gonna have to go check it out. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be super cool. And I did notice you had a Santa Cruz shirt. I'm walking oh, yeah. in, so I was pretty stoked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta. Uh, I still represent as much as I can. I I can't get any more tattoos just because of my work line. I mean, I could, but it's a pain. In the, I gotta get them covered up with makeup all the time, uh, or else I would have a screaming hand for sure, <laughs> <laughs> and I'd probably have a. Uh, Paul Peralta bones, I would I would assume, but uh, but yeah yeah I've, I, it was part of my you know lifestyle growing up, and I still love it to this day. I still I just don't do it as much as I used to because you know I'm 42 years old now, I'm, and I'm not in, in as good a shape as you. I haven't <laughs> I haven't stayed with it. So, but I'll get a board out, especially if I'm traveling a lot. I'll take a board with me uh, if I'm staying at a hotel. So uh, you know I'm, I'll just skate around downtown. You know wherever I'm going. If Pittsburgh for two years, I spent there uh, two summers there. And um, I, I wouldn't bother getting my car out of LA. I just I just skate everywhere. It's nice and easy, and uh, and it's fun. It's freeing. It's fun fun to be out there. Right on, right on, man. So how you know? Because I want to know how do you go from growing up downriver? You know, we're blue collar. We are straight up blue collar factory workers. You know, everybody looks out for everybody. You know, the kids are playing together. It's a blue collar uh, town or area. I'm sorry. Um, but how do you go from okay skating, going to Southgate Anderson High School? How do you go into wrestling? Well, like you said, it is a blue collar town. I mean, I'm blue collar area. My my dad grad, uh, graduated. He retired from Chrysler. Worked there uh, most of his life. Um, my uncle was was at Ford. So you know, it's a like you said, factory workers, very blue collar. So you, growing up like that, you don't necessarily ha- have bigger visions that you don't you don't think that you'll be able to move out of that kind of area um luckily though once i got older i realized that i I could actually do that and i I was i was very lucky to do that but uh, i was always a big wrestling fan um loved it growing up uh would watch all the pay-per-views and all i always had such a fascination with it and i wanted to be a wrestler but i never knew how to really come about it because it's again it's something you see on tv how do you how do you do that how do you become that um it wasn't until years later uh, i used to do a bunch of um, like little on-air stunts with a local radio show, uh, Dominski and Doyle back in the day, around 97.1. I became friends with them and started doing a, lot, a bunch of weird little stunts for them. They pepper sprayed me one time on the air, stuff like that. And uh, I met a pro wrestler through there, a local pro wrestler named Steve. And uh, he's like, yeah, come out and check out a show. I was like, man, I'd love to. I've been obsessed with this my whole life. So I went out and checked out a show, and I fell absolutely in love because the as good as WWE and all that stuff is, a local show is amazing because WWE, you're up in the stands. A local show, you're about ten feet away from the action, and it's crazy to see uh, to see it all up up that close. And I fell in love. 
Uh, so I went home, I went online, and I started looking for training facilities, uh, wrestling schools, and found one. And within two weeks, I was going to the school and, and training. I had no clue there was even such a thing. Like, the first time I heard about Clown College, you know? Like, when somebody <laughs> yeah. said there's a college for clowns, I'm like, what? I had no idea there was uh, some place you could actually go to learn how to perform like that. Yep. Um, where I had to go, it was uh, it wasn't too many local things. It was it was I used to drive up to Port Crescent every every uh, Port Port Austin, uh, Port Huron area. I would drive up there every Saturday and, and train all day Saturday, and then come home. Now we have uh, there's actually one in Centerline. Um, Truth Martini has a, a wrestling school called the House of Truth. And he's trained guys like uh, Zach Gowan, who was the world's first one-legged wrestler. He was, oh, he was in WWE for a while. He's gone on to train a lot of guys that have worked for the, the major companies, WWE, TNA, stuff like that. And uh, he's right in center line, and he, he had a big part in training me. Um, so I still, every once in a while, I'll go. When, when he has a new class, I'll go in and help with the new guys and um, give him a little bit of perspective from my side. You know, Because every wrestler is different. You know, I was pretty much the biggest, uh, biggest wrestler as far as size-wise in the area. So smaller guys wrestle different than bigger guys. So I was able to, you know, I'm able to go in there and help some of the younger guys out and just give them a different perspective about things. And, yeah, I love it. Uh, It's one thing I've grown over the years. I've learned that I I like to teach. Um, For whatever reason it is, I I have no idea. But uh, they say those who can't do teach. I guess that's me. But uh, So I I love to be able to share my knowledge and help out the young guys. And, uh, yes, to this day I still do that. Well, you said those who can't do. I'd I'd have to argue at that (laughs) point because you got a pretty fat resume, Jay. So Uh, I've been very lucky. I've been very lucky. You are doing it on a bunch of different levels. So um, I I would have to argue with that. But I I agree. You know, with uh, for me, I've been skateboarding 35 years. Never thought I'd make it to whatever the pro ranks. And now I love to work with with young people. We have a mutual friend, Charlie Nusser, and one of the reasons him and I got together is because I taught his son, who is nine years old, Tyler, how to drop in. Yeah. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah. I've, I mean, Charlie, me and him went to high school together. We've known each other since probably junior high. And uh, on you know Facebook, as much of a pain as it is, it's really cool because it brings people like that I haven't seen in forever, people that I went to high school with kind of brings us all back together and I could see what's going on in their lives and yeah Charlie was showing uh, you know had a bunch of videos of his kid uh, skating and then him skating as well until he had a little unfortunate accident but yeah <laughs> I think he's doing better now but yeah it's awesome to uh, to be able to see and that's what's you know, you don't think about that growing up. Uh, you know, I've known this guy for so long, but then I'm like, oh man, he's got a kid old enough to, to skate. But then I, I'm like, that's crazy. But then I realize, oh wait, my oldest is 20. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot, we're getting old. <laughs> so it, it's cool to be able to see, uh, uh, and especially like, because, you know, Charlie and, and, and his kid, they, just to see how passionate they are about it and how much they love it. It's, it's, I love to watch that stuff. And he's doing a great job. Young Tyler is is one of the most polite young men I've met in a long time. And him and I have had to deal with some situations together. And when you're dealing with a situation with a nine-year-old and they step up to the plate and take it like a man. Nice. Great job, Charlie. That's great job. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So... <laughs> So you get you're on the local thing, you're doing your thing. How do you uh, how do you get into that big arena stuff? Because you've done some pretty big big time shows. Yeah, I've been lucky. Uh, basically, when you're a wrestler, you start out on the local scene, and then you start um, getting your name out there to other companies that are smaller independent companies around the Midwest and things like that. 
to just get more experience to keep getting better. You know, keep you know, try to I would be wrestling pretty much every set Friday, Saturday, and Sunday um, for quite a while. Uh, traveling all over, not getting paid hardly anything, but you do it for the experience and you do it for the love of it. And you do that all to with the goal of eventually trying to get discovered by the WWE. Uh, so we would send tapes. Uh, you know, you get tapes of your stuff and you send them to their the talent people there at WWE and say, hey, you know, when you're whenever you guys are in town, I'd love to be able to come out and you know have a tryout and everything. So yeah, I would uh, for a few years there. Anytime they were in Michigan, Ohio, Illinois. They always bring in local talent to um, work as either like quote unquote security guards, or if they do need somebody to uh, to wrestle a match, they'll they'll ha- they'll use the local guys. Especially if they have a newer guy that they're just bringing on TV, they want to build them up, but they don't want to have them uh, beating some of their already established talent. So they'll have local guys that you know people don't necessarily know who they are and come in and. We, our job was to make those guys look as good as, as humanly possible. So I had a few, and that, and, all, and that all leads to to your your they're seeing how you can work. They're seeing okay, well, this is a guy that we could hire and and you know make something up. So uh, I had a lot of tryouts. Uh, I would you know I'd work for them. I I got to wrestle on SmackDown um, at Joe Louis Arena, which was amazing for me because that's uh, you know I grew up going to Joe Louis watching wrestling and hockey and so for me to be backstage and to actually be able to walk down that aisle and wrestle in front of 15,000 fans was amazing um, I got to do Heat uh, Sunday Night Heat a show they used to have and then a couple times I've like you were mentioning about The Undertaker when uh, uh, Wrestlemania was here at Ford Field uh, I got to be one of The Undertaker's druids that carried a torch out to the ring which is always Undertaker was always my favorite so uh wrestler growing up so to be able to do that was was just amazing i got to wear the cloak and and come out with you know with the the, the monk music playing and come out with a, a torch on fire in front of eighty five thousand people <laughs> it was just absolutely mind-blowing so i I've, I've been a very 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 lucky person and even that doing that was awesome but the best part for me was backstage just hanging out with the guys and uh i got to sit there and listen to mick foley and undertaker just swapping stories back and forth about th- things that they've done and uh, over the years and matches that they've had in, in Puerto Rico and, and all these you know in all these strange places and, and the, the funny things that happen. Uh, that was an honor to be able to to hear those stories and to learn from those guys. I cannot even imagine what the locker room talk is like in that kind of a setting because uh, everybody there is like larger than life. Like what you said, you know, uh, under you are a fan of The Undertaker, so to actually meet him, like I'm getting goosebumps, like I get them all the time. I'm sorry <laughs> I do, but uh, just <laughs> I can't I can't even imagine Mick Foley. Dude's got stories for miles, oh, I yeah. I'm sure. And The Undertaker's been in the game so long. And been through so much. I mean, there isn't a situation that either one of those guys probably hasn't had to go through. And I wanted to ask the question, was Paul Bearer, like, involved in that? Wasn't that Undertaker's yeah, little yeah. sidekick he, guy? He, he actually, uh, he wasn't working with WWE for a while, but uh, he, I've done some independent shows with him. Because uh, a lot of these guys that used to be in WWE a long time ago, they'll... Uh, they're not working for WWE anymore, but they'll travel all over and do the independent shows. They'll be the the main, you know, the big attraction. And uh, he was a great guy. Uh, he passed away a couple years ago, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, he was he was really cool. I didn't work with him at WWE, but I did get to work with him at some independent stuff. And that was like basically my whole wrestling career. That was the coolest part of 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 it. You know, I got to do a lot of cool stuff, but being able to meet and become friends with a lot of these guys that I grew up watching. 
like Hacksaw Jim Duggan is a buddy of mine. Like I, whenever I see him, we're, we're, you know, I've wrestled him a few times. I've uh, hit the road with him a couple times. Uh, Rhino from WWE is one of my really good friends. I've got to wrestle Tito Santana, uh, Hawk from the uh, Road Warriors, Buff Bagwell, um, all, all these guys that I grew up watching. I wrestled the Steiner Brothers in Bay City, and it was the first time that they had tagged up together in like 15 years in their hometown of Bay City, and it was just electric. It was just amazing. So that that was the coolest part of the wrestling, being able to uh, become friends with these guys that I that I they were heroes to me. That's so cool. That's so cool. You know, with my skateboard life, I'm I'm still like a little kid. Like even I when I was competing actively pro. I had to act like I was like them, but really, and then, like, when they'd turn their back, I'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah, my exactly. Play, you know? Like, and that's how I was. I was like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm not supposed to be here. I got to, like, just keep the straight face so that they don't realize that I'm bogus. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. On paper, we're the same, but uh, in yeah, my head. Exactly. Yeah, that's nah. how I always was. I'm like, keep a low profile. <laughs> <laughs> So do you have, is there any one uh, moment in your wrestling career that stands above anything else? Probably that that match on SmackDown, being able to wrestle at Joe Lewis uh, in my hometown. My wife was in the crowd. A bunch of people that, uh, you know, because the people that, you know, come to the independent shows, they also go to the WWE shows. So around the ring, there was several people that I recognized from the independent shows that knew me and were, even though I was supposed to be a bad guy, I was wrestling under my real name, Jay Adams, instead of Eddie Venom. And uh, during the match, they were chanting, Eddie, Eddie. And I was like, oh, I don't want to get in trouble. But that was a huge moment. I mean, to have my name chanted at Joe Louis Arena, uh, that was that was crazy. That was intense. So, yeah, that was probably probably one of the highlights. I, there's so many of them, obviously, but uh, that was that's one of my favorites. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> I, again, I can't imagine the energy, you know, that, uh, and I, I brought it up before, is that, you know, it's 14.7 pounds per square inch of pressure on our skin from the atmosphere. In an environment like that, I wonder what that is. You oh, know, if yeah. it's 10,000 or 20,000 or 100,000, what that feels like. It's probably that, the same, but it feels like a lot more. Yeah. because. You know, I've been doing at that point. I've been doing it for years, so I, I knew what I was doing, and I didn't get nervous. But at that, uh, you know, before going out, before walking down that aisle, I, I had some jitters. That for sure, you just you can't help it. I mean, it's and it's plus it's something that you've been working towards for so long to actually accomplish it. Is is it, you know, it's you can't not have that feeling inside you. Probably were unwinding for about a week or a month oh, yeah. after well, that event. And then SmackDown it used to be taped on Tuesday and then aired on Thursday. So I got to relive it all again when it aired live on TV. So I did it live Tuesday and then got to actually see it on TV, which actually added a whole another element to it. So, yeah, that was, that was an intense week. <laughs> How cool. How cool. Now, you brought up Eddie Venom. And Eddie Venom... Where where did that come from? Did you just make it up? Like how how did the alter ego Eddie Venom come into play? Well, I like I said, Undertaker was a big influence to me, and so I was always kind of my style was always kind of him, you know, his style, just a big, um, you know, I was a big, strong, uh, intimidating as much as possible, you know, that kind of character. But as far as the name. It's actually funny because a lot of wrestlers are big comic book comic book nerds, as I am. I grew up as a comic book nerd. So Venom, I was a huge Spider-Man fan of Venom. I was always my favorite. I have a Venom tattoo on my shoulder. Uh, so I knew, and then Venom's alter ego was Eddie Brock. So I just put the two together, and I was Eddie Venom. And that's how <laughs> I was like, and I was that for. 
13 years, and it's still to this day when I I'll go to wrestling shows here and there, um, just as a guest, just to hang out and. Uh, fans that remember me, Eddie, what's going on? And then I'm like, oh yeah, that's that was my name. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Right on. So you said 13 years. 13 years. Uh, like, are you retired? You just said you're you're guest now. Do you do special autograph signings? Like, like yeah. How- like I'll go. Uh, everyone. I, I retired probably about four years ago now. Um, once the start stunt work started picking up because uh, I knew I didn't have the goals of getting into the WWE anymore. I didn't want to do that. Um, and I love wrestling, but uh, it is risky. Um, I didn't want to risk getting injured wrestling and then miss out on a movie or a TV show. If you know, they call me on a Monday and say, hey, we need you for a couple weeks, but I got injured on a Saturday wrestling and miss out, that's a huge, huge, ch- <laughs> a huge chunk of money as well to, mm. to miss out on. So I made the decision to retire from wrestling uh, to do the stunt work full time. Um, but every once in a while, I will for a specialty show. Um, if a company, you know, says, "Hey, we got a specialty match we want to bring you in for," um, I'll do that. Um, but most of the time, I'm just going just to see my old friends, see the uh, see the guys wrestling that are my buddies, and then see the young guys too, because I'm I like to be kind of up to date on who the the, the new talent that's coming in that's going to be um, some something to watch out for. So I'll go and hang out with my buddies and watch some shows and. Uh, go from there but yeah every once in a while i'll get in the ring it's it's not often but uh, every once in a while very cool very cool and i imagine like working with these uh the wrestling schools like you brought up the young guys if one of your protégés is out doing something it's probably fun to go out and see what they do in the ring oh absolutely it's great to, to be able to watch somebody that you helped out um when you give them specific advice and you see them actually put it into play, I mean that's great because it shows that uh, one they they respect your opinion and they respect where you know where you came from and how you kind of paved the way for them. Um, but it also shows that they they can learn as well and they can uh, you know I just want everybody to to uh, to be successful. To, if they if they are they're passion, passionate about it, they love it. I want to see them be su- successful with it. And that's the best kind of student to have somebody who's teachable. And they have a passion and a fire inside. You know, that's awesome. So cool. So cool. We're sitting here with J.R. Adams. And if you're just tuning in, uh, it has been awesome thus far. I mean, we've talked a lot growing up, how we got into wrestling. WrestleMania, The Undertaker. So when we're done here, make sure to rewind and check it out. Because I I opened the show saying that I have a real-life superhero. (laughs) in the studio today and that's exactly <laughs> what i have here and we're all we're like at the halfway point we're only halfway in and it is proof in the pudding that we do have a real life superhero here at <laughs> nrm studios you can laugh jay you can laugh as much as you want but i believe it i will believe it the rest of my life the rest that. of my I life appreciate that for sure well and and now we're going to go into the transition of where you're at today because I can understand it, and I think most of our viewers could understand how you could go from being a wrestler, jumping off top ropes and probably chairs and all sorts of crazy stunts, to roll it in to a career as a stuntman. But how how did you make that jump? How did you get there? Well, um, it's, actually, it's actually pretty funny because I, I remember growing up um, – I always had I was always had that kind of that, that entertain entertainer kind of feeling. I always wanted to be entertaining people. I you know, uh, and I remember very vividly. And uh, when I was a freshman in high school, uh, I'd be jumping and doing dives over uh, desks and roll. You know, all this weird, stupid stuff that uh, you know. 
And people are like, what are you doing? I was like, well, when I grow up, I'm going to be a stuntman. <laughs> you know? And I always said that and I always wanted it. But again, growing up in uh, Metro Detroit, you know, all that's in Hollywood. That's in California. That, you know, that's, there's, there's no, I'm, my dad works for Chrysler. You know, I'm not, there's no way I can do that. Um, so I became the pro wrestler and I did that for years. Well, back in 2011, in the ring, I broke my back um, with a botched move that just happened, you know, a fluke, fluke thing that just happened. It broke my back. And at that point, I had to really sit down and think. I'm like, okay, what am I going to keep doing this? Um, so at that point, uh, that was when Michigan had a really good tax incentive for film. So there was a ton of stuff filming around here. We had TV shows, movies, everything filming around here. So Hollywood kind of came to Detroit, and it gave me that opportunity I, uh, a buddy of mine that I was saying, Zach Gowan, the, the one-legged wrestler, he got hired on a movie to a war movie, uh, to like they they were they were shooting a cannon and so they blow his leg off, his fake leg off. So, and I was like, man, that that's awesome! Like you got to work on a film, you know? He's like, yeah, the stunt coordinator uh, called me up, and I'm like, man, I, I've always wanted to do that. Can you introduce me? And he was gracious enough to introduce me to that stunt coordinator. Uh, I met with him, found some names of some other stunt coordinators, looked them up, and just basically just reached out and networked with these guys and said, hey, this is something that I want to do. I've always wanted to do my whole life. I have a background in fighting with the with the wrestling, stage combat. I was like, I'd love to get into this. So I started training with a couple of guys and uh, um, and just busting my butt, just hustling, just trying to get work, and uh, finally started getting some jobs here and there, uh, some gigs here and there, and then uh, my big big quote-unquote big break is when I uh, I got hired to double Ryan Hurst on an um, who is famous for he was in remember the Titans he was Gary Bertier but he was really famous for Sons of Anarchy he played one of the main characters Opie and he was on a new show called Outsiders and he didn't want to do any of his own stunts so they uh, which he did on outside on uh, Sons so it just happens that people have always told me I look like that guy <laughs> and it worked out we have uh, I saw a Facebook post by a stunt coordinator posting a picture of him and saying, hey, I need a guy to double this guy. I'm like, wait, that's a guy that I double, or that I look that everybody says I look like. So I e- emailed him, and as it was a Facebook post, so in the comments, even after I emailed, I saw that a buddy of mine that's a local guy, Eli Barda, who's a stunt legend here in Detroit. He's worked all over the world. He's an amazing driver. He's an amazing stunt guy. He actually vouched for me and said, hey, I got the guy for you. And so I'm always going to be grateful to Ely because uh, that was pretty much my big break and where I got r- real regular work. And then that allowed me to meet other stunt guys on the show, other stunt coordinators as well, and start networking some more from there. So it's basically that's, that, that was the point that kind of got me going. Um, you know, at the beginning it was guys like Carl Nespoli, who's a great uh, stunt guy that took me under his wing. Um, and helped me out. And then once I got that outsider's job, that's the one that really kind of took me to the next level and has allowed me to get hired on a bunch of great shows. Right on. Well, and, and, and what I hear, what I'm hearing is is that passion, that drive, you know, and, and things have a way of working out when you're passionate and you're doing it for the right reasons and, and, and you know the direction you're going and things work out doors open you know you get introduced to the right people and you make the most of that opportunity yeah you make the most of that first opportunity because you don't know where it's going to lead you really don't but i want to back up a little bit you broke your back (laughs) yeah i want to know about that (laughs) yeah it was a it was a simple move uh we were wrestling at a high school in uh, warren uh warren fitzgerald high school we had this giant show it was a fundraiser for the school 
Um, and the move was we were a tag match. Me and my best friend at the time were wrestling these two bad guys. We're the good guys. And uh, it's towards the end of the match, and I have the guy up on my shoulders, across my shoulders, like his back is laying across my shoulders. And the move is I sit down to my butt, and it kind of like is supposed to be like a backbreaker to him mm-hmm. because he's on my shoulders. But he's supposed to slide off my back once I hit the ground. Well, he his legs were wrapped around my arm a little bit too tight, and when we dropped down, all of his weight stayed on my shoulders. So what it did is it compressed my spine, and it broke one vertebrae, and it crushed another one. Um, so that the yeah that was, I somehow finished the match because <laughs> uh, as soon as it happened, I heard some popping, and I, I was like, oh man, I'm hurt. They're like, all right, we're almost done. Let's just keep, let's just finish. And I'm like, oh boy. I'm like, all right. So I sucked it up. I had the adrenaline. It had to be the adrenaline. I sucked it up. We finished the last minute and a half, two minutes of the match. We won. We went celebrated in the crowd, and I got through the curtain and collapsed. <laughs> and I was like, man, I am hurt. Uh, I told my wife as I'm walking through the curtain, I go, I'm hurt. So we get back, in the, and I'm laying down on the floor, and I'm like, man, something happened. But I kind of assumed maybe I broke my ribs or something in the back. So I'm like, well, they're not going to be able to do anything. I'll give it a couple days, see how it feels. And if it feels bad then, then I'll go, not knowing just how bad it was. Uh, by the next day, I couldn't, I couldn't move hardly at all. So I told my wife we had a party to go to. I said, you go to the party. I'll drive myself to the hospital. I'll get x-rayed. I'm sure it's nothing, but uh, you go ahead. Uh, so I went, and I went to the ER, and they did an MRI, and then the doctor comes out. She's like, well, we're going to give you a, an IV to give you some morphine. Uh, I was like, well, why? She goes, well, came, MRI came back, and you broke one of your vertebrae. I'm like, ah, that explains <laughs> it. That explains it. But like you said, uh, it kind of – Ended my, kind of ended my wrestling career right there. I still wrestled for a little bit after that, but what it did is it it put me on this other path, uh, of eventually getting to the stunt work. Um, like you said, we all have we all have our dreams and stuff like that. We and we 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 know what we want or we think we know what we want, but when something like that happens, we can either take it as a negative thing, like oh this ruined my life, or which I didn't realize, like I said, it put me on that path to now doing what I have I absolutely love the stunt work so much. And this is actually what I wanted to do. As much as I love wrestling, this is like my dream. This is my dream job, and I get to live it every day. So I, I'm, I couldn't be more stoked for it. So you had to break your back on one <laughs> to, yeah. get, to get to where you really wanted yeah, to go. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, if I hadn't broke my back, who knows if I would ever gone down that path. Right. You know what I mean? So... Um, Basically, I out of necessity, I was able to make it happen because I was like, well, I don't, I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna find a way to make this happen, and it just the timing and everything just worked out perfect. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, breaking my back kind of changed my life uh, in a good way as, a, as opposed to a bad way. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That is that is an awesome story. It really is because you really could have uh, broken your back and said, "Woe is me, my life is over." And just curled up on a couch or went and got the 40-hour-a-week job or just said, okay, now I have to go back to normalcy. I've been living this amazing life <laughs> for the last 13 years. So I guess this is the sign for me to chill out, grow up, yeah. <laughs> which I've heard a million times, <laughs> oh, yeah. grow up. And, uh, and instead you said, you know what, uh, I'm going to use this as a catalyst to get to the next step in my life, the next evolution of J.R. Adams, basically. And you got the opening, you took it, and you made the most of that first opportunity. 
and now look where you're at. Let's talk about some of the great places you've been able to do stunts. I mean, Batman versus Superman, you've done a lot of great stuff. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I've been really lucky. Uh, like I said, Outsiders, that show that I got to double Ryan Hurst, that was kind of my stepping point uh, to, to really get a lot more work. And I've been able to, like I said, I played a Metropolis cop on Batman versus Superman. I did all of his stunts on Outsiders for two, two years, two seasons of that, which was riding ATVs through the mountains, having a bunch of cool fight scenes. Uh, I got to work on The Punisher for Netflix. Uh, I've worked on Blue Bloods, on uh, Chicago PD. Uh, recently I was on um, uh, one of my biggest roles where I wasn't – because all those – other than Outsiders, the other ones, I was playing my own character. I wasn't doubling. Um, and I, I got to be in Showtime's Ray Donovan Uh the uh, last season, I got to be in two episodes, and one of them was uh, I got a character name, I got a line, and I got to have this big giant fight scene with one of the main characters, Dash Mihawk, who plays uh, uh, Bunchy, and that was that was a huge thing for me because uh, I got to go in, out to New York, I, I was out there, I got to work with the actor, and it, it was a great great role for me. I mean, it looked amazing the way they edited it. The stunt coordinator, Dr. Ham, is an amazing guy. Brought me in. And uh, that was a kind of another crescendo. That, that was like the next step, you know, where I was able to show that I can uh, not just double somebody, but I can also play my own character and, and have a great fight scene. And it came out beautiful. I, I was so stoked for it. Right on. So how, how does the stunt game work? Like, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show, but, uh, you know, do they just give you a call when they need you? Do you get a heads up and say, you know, we're going to have this in six months, we're going to have this in a year, you're going to have this in three months? Is there any planning on your part to um, know when things are coming? There is some. Uh, usually it's you don't get more than a, at least a couple of weeks. Okay. <laughs> of, uh, I have an agent that gets me auditions for strictly acting stuff, but all the, all the stunt work uh, is basically – it's on us. We, we network with uh, different coordinators, different stunt guys. We have different databases that we have online that we can go onto and put all our information. So a stunt guy, a stunt coordinator can go on there and say, okay, I need a guy this height, in between this height, in between this weight, and uh, in Caucasian, African-American, whatever it is, and the database will pull up a list of guys that fit that. And then they'll see who it, you know who it is, and they'll they'll look at the looks, and then they'll decide who they want to see if they're available. So I'll get a call from a stunt coordinator and say, "Hey, are you available?" Um, you know, I can get a call on Monday, say, "Hey, are you available on Friday?" Uh, love to bring you in for for some stunts, and if I'm available, I, I go do it. <laughs> so right on, uh, yeah, right on. Now, it, it, as a stunt guy, um, my wife works in the advertising world, so I understand like Screen Actors Guild and all that. You have to have all those things in a, the ducks in a row. You guys yep. are Screen Actors, like yep. SAG members, all that stuff. Yep, I'm in a yeah, I'm a member of SAG after, and I'm actually on the uh, the local board uh, on the Michigan chapter, uh, the Michigan local board of SAG AFTRA. Uh, we just had our big annual meeting this past week with a. We had the executive vice president come in, and um, so yeah, I, I'm very active in the in the union because um, union is <laughs> is what what makes sure that we get paid really well and that we have health insurance. Um, you know, I my health insurance is amazing through the union, and I'll always be grateful for them. So um, yeah, I'm a big member of the union and uh, working on you know trying to get in the, you know more national. Uh, not necessarily a board member, but stuff like that. But just trying to get more involved with the union and stuff like that. But, yeah, we're in the, the same union as the actors, uh, SAG-AFTRA. Well, and, and the union would benefit definitely from having somebody like you because you have a, a very big heart. You're a very nice person. 
and and you look out for the people around you. So to have have somebody like you on that, looking out for your fellow stunt guys, your fellow actors, you know, that'd be huge. Yeah, that's why I'd got involved. Um, I, f- I felt like the stunt community didn't <clears throat> have uh, as much of a voice in the local chapter, so I joined the board. The only way to fix that is by do- by doing it. So uh, I joined the board, and um, we're we're working on uh, trying to. We're in the very, very, very infant stages, but we're now that we have some new government uh, in here in Michigan and stuff like that. We're work. We're going to be working towards trying to get a new tax incentive uh, for here in Michigan for filming, so that we can get the filming back here. Because once they got rid, once the uh, Governor Snyder got rid of the tax incentives, all ninety percent of the filming went to different states that do have an incentive. So Michigan, especially downtown Detroit, I mean, where else can you have a great downtown Detroit, a great vibrant part of Detroit, but you can also have the 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 torn up part, but then you can drive for an hour and be in the middle of the woods as well. So we've got a great locations here in Michigan. So we want to bring the filming back, and that's basically what our focus is going to be on for the next next couple of years here. And you're you're reading my mind, Jay. Cuz that's <laughs> where I was going next is is you know Hollywood. You basically are Hollywood in Metro Detroit. Um, I heard it as a skateboarder, you know, I went to the West Coast and I'm like I don't like it out here. I came back to the Metro Detroit area and my sponsors were on board. They said that's fine, you know, just keep, you know, pushing out footage and keep progressing and and I traveled to compete. Mm-hmm. Now with you, it sounds very similar. Now that you you sort of got your name out there, you're networking with the right people, you could be in Metro Detroit and still travel to work if it's New York or if it's going down to Florida or California or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, if we have a, it don't even matter what age, somebody watching the show who is dreaming of becoming a, a stunt person, do you have any tips for those types of people who would, who would like to maybe pursue that kind of a career? Yeah, train like crazy. And what I mean by that is you can train um, you can train either in specific things like there everybody's got a specialty. Like I'm a I'm a fight specialist, uh, but I'm not a martial arts specialist. There's also a martial arts specialist, but I'm like a ground and pounder they they call it. So I'm a uh, I'm a brute brute kind of fighter. Um, but then there's also uh, you know you you would be like a, a perfect skate, skateboard stuntman. You know what I mean? Everybody's got their specialty. We have uh, people that specialize in driving. We have spe- uh, motorcycles. You know, everybody's got their own specialty. But if you can learn as much as possible, if you can learn a little bit of all of that, you're going to be a lot more uh, usable um, for everything. So train, get, uh, train a lot of fight, uh, even if, you, if, it, if it's either boxing or some kind of martial art. Um, do a lot of training and, uh, you know, be the best that you can be so that you're ready so that when something comes up, because like I said, I, I mean, I, I don't do a lot of, you know, I don't do everything, but I do certain things that I'm that I'm really good at. So, uh, you know, if it's a martial arts show, I'm not going to I'm not even going to submit for that because I'm not a martial artist. But something like this, uh, like we have the picture of the, the fight on Ray Donovan that, you know, that's my kind of fighting. So so that's why I was able to get the job. So, yeah, just, you know, train and train hard in sports, too. Um, if you like a sport, play it because there's always, you know, a football football movie. It's not those actors getting pounded. It's the stunt guys. So uh, just having something that you're really, really good at. Focus on one thing as far as good, that's going to be your specialty, but also learn 
as much about everything else that you can. Yeah, be you're saying be more well-rounded because you're just going to be more appealing if, mm-hmm. if they hire you as the ground-and-pound guy, but then they say, oh, you know what, but if you could jump out a window, that would work too, and they don't have yeah. to hire somebody else. And they right, have exactly. You. Well, that's why you know on Outsiders that worked out because he needed somebody. Um, the first major uh, stunt was going to be an ATV stunt, um, so he had to make sure that I'm good on an ATV. I did that, but then... Everything else after that was going to be more ATVs, but a lot of fight stuff too, which is what I specialize in. So instead of hiring different people for different things, I was he was able to hire me, and I was able to do all of them. Right on, right on. Those are tips you can't get anywhere else, but on the <laughs> drop-in here at NRM, because you know seriously, we're sitting here with a professional wrestler, stuntman, and he's giving you tips on how you can get there if that's something you're passionate about. How rad is that? But if how- you look exactly like me. Don't do it. Just stay out of the business. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. So we're sitting here with J.R. Adams. If you're just tuning in, uh, it has been awesome so far. It has been very, very uh, enlightening for me as well because I'm learning things about the stunt world, about the wrestling world, and, and it, it's super cool. So make sure to rewind. Make sure to watch this episode all the way through to get the full effect of what a real-life superhero who lives in Metro Detroit how about that? He's not in Hollywood. He's not Southern California, Metro Detroit, and still here helping young wrestlers come up, giving you tips about becoming a stuntman. Like, where what, where did that come from? Anyway, make sure to watch the whole episode. But now I want to move into something that I'm not really sure about. We have a video from Conan O'Brien, <laughs> and... Uh, when I watched it, you know, you sent it over, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, how do you go from basically being in a ring, you know, really, really a brutal, gnarly, ground-and-pound guy to sort of dress like Gumpy <laughs> on national <laughs> TV? Like, <laughs> how, how does that? How do you get that phone call? What is that phone call like? Uh, that is one of the rare stunt jobs that I actually got through my agent. Uh, my agent has breakdowns of different things that are good, you know, all over the country. And uh, this particular breakdown was for they wanted somebody that was really big that uh, had some pro wrestling experience. And my agent was like, oh, I got, you know, they were, uh, Conan was filming down in Dallas. He was down there for the week for, uh, you know, he used to go wherever the final four for the NCAA was going to be that week. He would go and do a week where the show's there. So this year it just happened to be in Dallas. So he wanted uh, uh, they wanted a big person that had pro wrestling experience, and I have always like like I said I always have had this entertainer mentality, and I look like I'm a big tough guy, but I I love comedy and uh, I I love comedy and I thought that this would be a great great job and it, it was it, it was just an absolute blast. Well, we got the video uh, coming up here, and I, I seriously, because I, I was looking at different photos of you and that the ground and pound photo, and I'm like, man, that dude's gnarly. Like, uh, that, that, that's cool. And then, and then you send over this link, and I'm like, what did I just watch? Like, what was that? You know, they're that like, was hey, to show hey. my versatility. 
<laughs> I guess because it, here we have the video, and I at first I'm like, okay, so so Jay sent over a Conan clip, and I'm I don't I don't even know what I was expecting. I really <laughs> didn't know because I'm like, did Conan have some a ring on stage? Like, what what exactly is gonna happen here? And so Conan O'Brien's talking, and I'm just like, I'm probably eating some pretzels or something, watching the screen, and next thing you know, it comes up with Let's Mess with Texas, and so I'm gonna let you talk <laughs> at this point because uh, I want to hear your, your narrative of this. Well, I was actually <laughs> there. I am <laughs> there. I am dressed up as Texas. What it is is, is Conan, actually it was really funny a premise. They, uh, you know, there's a famous saying, "Don't mess with Texas." They always say. So he kind of did a little play on it. He's like, you know what? Let's mess with Texas. So I was dressed up as Texas, and he had other people that were dressed as other states coming out trying to fight me. So we had California come out first. This is Alaska. And actually, that guy that was in the Alaska costume is Sam Medina. He He's a, a great stunt guy, and he's actually uh, – did you see the movie Venom? The guy in the, uh, in the uh, convenience store <laughs> – that's Drew. Drew's awesome – he uh he was actually the guy that he was the robber in the convenience store and then Venom gets him at the end, and uh, Drew the the who is <laughs> dressed up as Hawaii, he's awesome. He right after that he actually uh, booked a, he did a whole season of American Horror Story the, the carnival uh, season. Um, so this is yeah I decided to pick up Hawaii <laughs> and hit Alaska with him. Oh, my word. And now to cap it off, they had Florida come out. And this was during the whole bath salt things where they said, yeah, Florida came out, and he's he's high on bath salts. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, my word. And again, you go from Eddie Venom, Eddie Venom, to Texas. Yeah. So there I get him with the, the Texas hot sauce, which is actually, it's actually funny. That's not how we filmed it. Um, we had actually filmed it where I had a gun in my, in my boots, and I was going to shoot uh, Florida. And so I did. That's how we filmed it. I shot Florida and everything was fine. You know, crowd went nuts. Well, that was the end, towards the end of the show. The show got let out. All the crowd left. Right after that, there was a shooting in uh, at an army base in Texas. So they said, we can't do that. We can't have this. We got to change it up. So the audience was already gone. And we went out and back out and filmed it with the, the Texas hot sauce instead to, so, so that we didn't want to be insensitive to, to the shooting that just happened. So we changed it up. But it was weird because the, the, the crowd was it was empty. So they just kept the noise from the original in there. But, uh, yeah, that was a that was a fun time. Conan, was, Conan and Andy were awesome to work with. They were really cool. Um, we did a lot of rehearsals with them and stuff like that, and they were they were really cool. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I was cracking up. I was cracking <laughs> up again just watching it because it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> the little guy comes out, then Florida comes out, and uh, you know, I just was wondering, like, how? what is that phone call from your agent? Uh, uh, hey, Jay, um, would you be willing <laughs> to dress up as Texas? I was like, I was like, for Conan O'Brien, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That is awesome. That is awesome. I think you know. Again, it shows who you are. You know that. Um, you know, you can be the gnarly guy. You can be the stunt guy. You can have a good time and poke fun <laughs> at things. And and I think that's why you've you've been so successful is because you can you can sit and have a good time and you don't take yourself too seriously. And even Absolutely. walking in the door today, you know, it was it could tell. You know, give me a hug and said, you know, we're gonna have a good time. And Absolutely. so it, it goes a long way, especially in a professional career. Absolutely, I'm not a uh, I'm not a religious person, and I'm not a I don't even I don't even want to call it spiritual. I just feel that everybody, um, we have a 
we have a, a mission in, in our lives. We, we, we should make lives, you know, we should make life better for others. That, that's how I feel. I've been so lucky to be able to do what I do. Um, I, I almost feel guilty because I, I've been so lucky. So the only way that I can make up for it is by giving back. Um, and that's why I do, I do a lot of charity work. I do as much as I can. I try to make people's lives happier. I try to entertain and just, you know, especially if, you know, people are having it, you know how it is. If people are having a bad day, one smile, that one true smile to them can change their whole day, you know, and that's what I like to do. I, I don't like to see anybody, you know, having a hard time. I like, to, I like to, if somebody's going to encounter me, I want them to come out, um, better for it i want them to be happy because they're not not upset so that, that that's how i kind of look at things right on well you brought up charity work and and what size hockey skates you wear dude <laughs> like you're a big dude <laughs> yeah yeah i wear a size 14 shoe but or four, 13 14 but uh hockey skates you wear a couple sizes so, so i i uh, uh smaller so i wear like an 11 double e or something well, <laughs> like and i bring that. it up because i've seen you play charity hockey games and stuff yeah yeah i mean i've grown up playing hockey my whole life i play in a couple leagues uh um and one thing I've been lucky enough to do is we do an annual uh, hockey game uh, uh, for United Cerebral Palsy of Detroit, and we play against the Detroit Red Wing alumni. And uh, that's been an amazing experience. I've played um, a few, <coughs> excuse me, a few years in a row now, and um, we raise close to forty thousand dollars every year in this one day of event. Uh, uh, event, uh, and it's great because I get to go out there and I get to play against Red Wings that I, I, I've grown up watching. Uh, this past year, we had uh, Darren McCarty. Um, who's a buddy of mine. I've known him for 20 years. Uh, I love that guy. Uh, Mickey Redman, uh, Todd Bertuzzi, Jason Woolley, all these guys that, you know, Red Berenson, who was a, a legendary coach of U of M for forever. Eddie um, Mio in goal? Yeah. Was Eddie, Eddie Mio Eddie, playing? Yeah, Eddie played. Uh, he played the first half. And then uh, my buddy Greg Malike, who was who uh, played for U of M and then uh, played in the Red Wings farm system, he, he played goal too. And uh, these guys are great guys, and I've become buddies with them. They once they find out what I do, you know, that I do stunt work, I've become buddies with a bunch of them. And uh, Dean Kolstad is a, a good buddy of mine. And uh, so yeah, I've been really lucky, uh, and that 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 is one of my favorite events every year is doing that. But I also do uh, whatever, you know. Basically, I can't say no. <laughs> so a charity comes up to me with anything, they they ask me for something, I I, I try to give back as much as possible, do what I can. Um, but yeah, United Cerebral Palsy Detroit has been something that we've been working with for a few years that I, I, I really enjoy. And it must be a prerequisite of growing up downriver, because you know I started playing hockey when I was four. I was a goalie from the time I was five till I was twenty, and I still play. Like I, right. I don't play in any leagues, but people will call and say, "Hey, we need a goaltender for tonight," right. and I'll go stop some hockey pucks. You yeah. know, so it must be. You know, the southeastern Michigan oh, area yeah. has always been a huge area for hockey where people come from all over the country to live yep. in southeastern Michigan and play hockey. Yeah, as soon as the ponds freeze, we get out there and skate. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, another uh, 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 charity that I, I love working with every year is Operation Injured Soldiers. Um, we do a golf outing every year uh, for them, but they also do a ton of work with uh, injured soldiers. They take them on uh, uh, you know, uh different uh like not golf trips but like fishing trips and hunting trips and stuff like that for these uh soldiers that normally wouldn't be able to go on a normal hunting trip they they do things they they make accommodations for these soldiers to be able to go out and do these things so that we have a big golf outing coming up in uh, june so if you have a chance please check out operation injured soldiers and uh uh, see if you can either get involved with a golf outing or just just donate in some way. They're they're another one that I, I love working with. So and is that it? If our listeners or our viewers would like to check that out, is it OperationInjuredSoldiers.com? How would they get a hold of that? I think it's .org. 
Best best thing you could do though, get a hold of me on social media. I'm all over social media, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's all at, at J Adam Stunts. Um, so yeah, hit me up, and if you have any questions on this stuff, I'm glad to answer because I, I try to help promote you know uh, these events as much as possible as well. I'll be hitting you up because right. I want in. I golf. I play hockey. I want some of that. Right. You know exactly. So, but thank you, Jay. I know we're coming down to the end of the show, and and I think we're as with our other like the the previous guests. I need another hour. Like I, I want to flew t- by. Actually. I know. <laughs> I want to talk more. So we might have to do J.R. Adams take two down the road a little bit but I want to thank you so much for coming and taking the time tonight I know you had some things to do this evening but uh, thank you thank you thank you for spending time with myself with you the audience I mean you got some serious serious priceless one-of-a-kind information so once again can you tell all of our viewers how they can get a hold of you how they can contact you yep any of the social media stuff uh, Instagram Twitter Facebook it's all at J Adams stunts um, J I use my middle initial, middle initial R because uh, in the union, when you join, if somebody's already got the name, you can't join. And obviously, being a skateboarder, <laughs> the legendary Z, Z skateboarder, uh, uh, Jay Adams. So uh, if you Google me, you're not really going to find anything. Google J.R. Adams, and then you might find it. Um, if you Google Jay Adams, you're just going to find a bunch of, about a skateboarder. Um, but yeah, all the social media, Jay Adams stunts, uh, I'm on all that, and I'm you know, I hit up anybody who, but I, I, you know, I appreciate that, but I want to thank you for having me on. Um, I appreciate being able to, to tell my story and, and to be able to get the word out about these charities is, uh, I, 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 I'd love to have that opportunity. So I want to thank you for having me on. Right on. Well, thank you very much for the kind words, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, I see lifelong friend here. You know, we have very common thought process, uh, love helping others, love inspiring others. Jay, has been a great guest, the model guest of what drop-in or the drop-in is. It is to inspire you to get off your damn couch and make the most of this life. This isn't a dress rehearsal. We get one shot at living, and you have to make the most of it. And that's what each guest I want to introduce you to is hopefully going to inspire you to do. So thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Drop-In. If you want to reach out to me, if you have a guest idea, you can always message me on Facebook, Gerald Valley, Instagram. You can message me and let me know if you have an idea for a guest that you think fits the bill here at the drop-in. So, from the NRM Studios, I'm going to say thank you once again, and I will be back next week.